Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Today is June 11th. It is a beautiful Sunday here in Eretz Israel. I am speaking to you from my home in the southern Hebron Hills, Susia, a beautiful part of Israel that I invite you all to come and see for yourselves. We have a wonderful guest today, another Ola Hadash like me, who has been in Israel for about two years. She comes from Las Vegas. She came with her husband just two years ago and is going to tell us her story. I believe she is living in Zichon Yaakov. Her name is Jessica Stockman. And I hope I got all that right. Jessica, are you with us? Hi, Natalie. Yes, I'm here. All right. Nice to be here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad we're doing this. It was so great to meet you. And, you know, when I spoke to you the first time, I just like held my breath because you spoke such a it was like such a story. And I I remember telling you, don't tell me anymore. Don't tell me anymore. I wanted you to do this all again. Um, Sometimes you do come across people with actually a fascinating story and there's no reason why they should end up here. Um, Jessica had a secular Jewish upbringing. She was living in Las Vegas. Uh, There was no Jewish community near her. I think she was the only Jewish student at her school. She had um, a single parent family and very American, very American, not very um, Jewish, no religion. But she was a Zionist and they cared about Israel. So she's going to tell us about that and how she ended up here. Right. So uh, everything you said is accurate, Natalie. I um I was born and raised in Las Vegas, and I was the only Jew in my school. Um, I felt like the only, you know, Jewish kid in in Las Vegas uh, for a long time. Um, remember, you know, uh, anti-Semitism. My best friend down the street, growing up when I was five years old, um, her grandmother bumped me on the head and called me a dirty Jew. And I, uh, you know, we were having dinner together with a family and I asked, what's a dirty Jew? Mm. And everybody just stopped and their jaws dropped and they looked at me and, and they said, why are you asking that? And I said, well, you know, my friend's grandmother called me a dirty Jew and I'm not dirty. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I really felt out of place, like for a very, very long time. And, um, and it wasn't until many, many years later that, you know, when I met our rabbi, who is uh, an eighth rabbi, he um, turned us on to, to Torah and to Hashem. And, um, and I started learning about the richness of what I have. All right. So let me just jump in here. How, at what age did you run into this rabbi? Oh, okay. So I was already married with our first child, who's now 30. How old were you? Um, how old was I? I was 32. Mm-hmm. Now, any of you, all of you listening, um, Aish, Aisha Torah is a, Actually, I think it may be actually be some kind of um, it's not a company, but it is. Um, what do you call it? it it's a it's a branch. Outreach. Oh, it's an outreach. outreach. Okay, good, good. So right. it's an outreach. Right. Noah Weinberg started right. good, um, with good. the goal of of you know bringing secular Jews uh, you know back to Hashem. Good. So there are branches all across the world, and um, 
when Jessica was growing up, just like when I was growing up, it didn't exist. And, you know, Jews were just like flustering around and, you know, assimilating, doing the best they could, you know, going to Sunday school. And I'm talking about places where there weren't a lot of Jews, Las Vegas, where I grew up, not a lot of Jews. OK, no Orthodox Jews, never saw anybody with a black hat. So Jessica was like that. And she met this rabbi who's Asha Torah. They are amazing. What they do is exactly that. They, they educate and they educate in um, a very modern, fun way. So they, they um, you know, tell, tell us about it. Tell us how, how it worked for you. Very, very relatable. Um, you know, Rabbi Yitzhak Wine in Las Vegas, he is very charismatic and um, right. invited us <laughs> oh, to. This, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. I just, I just got to mm-hmm. say, I, I met this rabbi and he introduced me to Jessica. I met this rabbi when I was in Las Vegas three weeks ago, the same rabbi Wine you're talking about. This guy does not look like a rabbi. It was the first thing I said to him. He's 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 fit. He's like a little little triathlete. Okay, Um, and he's holding coffee and he's all this energy and he's young. Right. And he's like modern. He's actually he's actually a ski instructor now. uh, (laughs) Funny. So I said to him, wow, you do not look like a rabbi. I always have this image and it's I can't say it's wrong. It's not wrong. But a lot of rabbis are old. They have long white beards. They're fat. You know, and they're very serious. <laughs> he was like this little hyper, um, yeah, athlete and modern and so like modern and energetic. Anyway, the guy was amazing. I'm not surprised that he's created such a um, warm community and that he uh, really? turned your life around, really, is what he did, right? Absolutely. Um, so we we were, it was around Sukkot time and I was just beginning to, you know, um, connect to my Judaism. How? And how? Tell me how. How? Do you remember? Uh, okay. I, well, I can tell you. Um, he invited us to, um, actually it was his wife who invited us to the upsharing of their oldest son. Can you explain and what an upsharing is to our listeners who don't know? Happily. So on the third birthday of a Jewish boy, uh, usually they don't cut the hair of a Jewish boy until his third birthday. And it's supposed to be like, uh, you know, it's a it's a party, a ceremony. Um, and uh, and after the boy gets his hair cut, he starts wearing a kippah and tzitzit and and slowly begins to learn Torah from that level. Right. Um, and it's like into a tree. It's right. really precious. Um, you know, how, how, you know, we're not supposed to prune or eat the fruit of trees after before three years. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, it was really beautiful. Okay. But uh, so, okay. So the story. So he in the, we were invited to the Upshurin. First time stepping into an Orthodox synagogue. Um, we were, felt so awkward. Like, are we dressed okay? Are we standing in the right place? And, and everybody came late. <laughs> we were there on time. And um and so as funny. soon as the rabbi and his family walked in, it was like, you know, it's like, oh wait, this is so like nice and friendly and warm. And one of the things that struck me personally is that, you know, we um our our oldest was about two and a half at the time. Um the kids were allowed to crawl around the bima. You know, and the conservative synagogue that I would go to forced, you know, uh, forcefully 
um, on Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, uh, it was very, you know, you had to dress up and you had to sit in your assigned seat and you had to be quiet. And it was just oh, and very, no kids allowed. Right. No, no. Right. Boys. It was just very different experience. Like it was torture <laughs> sitting in shul. You know, for for those mm-hmm. times when I, I was forced to go, so this was like, wait a second, it's warm, it's friendly. The kids can be, you know, who they are. I just really, and then it was close to um, um, Purim, and we were invited to the Purim party, the McGill reading Purim party, and I'm like, wait a second, I show up, and there's, you know, they're wearing. They're just normal people and having a great time. And I was, okay, I'm down for this. Actually, what it was is there was one woman wearing Birkenstocks and blue jeans. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. This is an orthodox show. Of course, everybody there is growing. But um, we started learning. My husband and I started taking a class uh, about uh, Passover, Pesach. And that was always... Uh, big holiday for us. We'd go to my aunt and uncle in Portland, Oregon. They would host huge uh, seders, secular. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle was a friend of Shlomo Kalibach, and it was very, a lot of singing and ruach, you know, high-spirited and spiritual. Okay. And a lot of people would come, and, you know, Pesach was always, like, a big deal for us. But for the first time um, in my life, after two one-hour classes with Rabbi Wine, Pesach became deeply meaningful, deeply personally meaningful. Like it was about me. And uh, and I wanted more. I just wanted more. I wanted to learn more. I did not go into this with the goal of becoming religious. I uh, just wanted to learn more because it was so delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, so at, at this point... Um, Later on, um, I just wanted to describe to a point uh, in my life in Las Vegas where I really felt like, what, what am I doing here? Um, it was after Sukkot and after Halloween. All right, now slow down because that. slow down because the last thing you said was you had gone to the Upsharin, you had gone to your first you know, event at the shul where the lady was wearing Birkenstocks. And then you went to right. this, your, your Pesach and you, you had changed. You had changed. We, so we have yeah, to take we took a class. Sorry. Okay, we, okay. All right. So we're going to take a break. So I just want to do real quick. We're going to take a break. You're going to come back and tell me, tell us what, you know, some, a lot of people become religious. They never leave. They never come to Israel. So you did something else. Something else happened to you. You're going to tell us that when we get back in just a few um, seconds, but, um, that's right. You did those two one hour classes and you said something interesting. I want to ask you about when you said, uh, Pesach changed, Passover changed for you. All of a sudden it became all about you. I don't think you meant that. I think you probably meant it became all about, uh, you, you saw things differently because it's not about us. It's about us as a people. And I think that's probably what you meant, but tell us when you get back, what propelled you to, to make this move to Israel? Like, again, people become religious all the time. You know, and then they stay in their community. They build their community, and that's it. You did something different. So stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll hear Jessica's big change after these quick messages.
Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sipinski. Continuing our talk with today with our guest is, Jess, is um, Jessica Stockman, who lives in Zichon Yaakov. We haven't even gotten to the part where she made Aliyah. She was telling us about her background. She grew up in Las Vegas, a secular Jew. She got involved with Aisha Torah, started learning as an adult, and is just telling us what happened, what made that change, such that Israel became part of, became you know, was on the horizon for her. Jessica, go ahead. Okay, so I grew up in a, you know, not religious, but Zionistic family. And um, so Israel was always important to me. Um, I, I, I wanted to describe a moment um, when I was walking in the morning and our trash had, um, you know, our, our uh, schak from the sukkah out, um, and everybody else had their Halloween decorations out. I don't know. There was just a moment I felt like, okay, well, what's wrong with this picture? Um, and I realized that really, I, I, I need to, I need to leave. Yeah. I don't belong here. Really, That's right. really, I don't belong here. Loud and clear, Jessica. Right. She, so, now I want you all to everyone who doesn't know what schach is. Schach is the branches and the leaves of the um, palm trees. Okay, the palm branches that we put on top to create a roof on the sukkah during Sukkot, which is um, known, I think, as the Feast of the Tabernacles. And it's in uh, the ending of the big holiday period. And Jessica was just telling us, as she was living in Las Vegas, now a more religious Jew, right? That was something she put out on the trash. And she looked at her neighbors and she's looking at them thinking, I'm not like them. What am I doing here? Right? I mean, pretty much got got you right in the face. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I I want to tell you that um, I, you know I spent I spent my summers in Israel um, when I was little. My sister, who was thirteen years older than me, she made Aliyah. Uh, she came by ship when I was four years old, um, wow. yeah. and she convinced my mother, who was a struggling single parent, to send me to. Um, uh, to Las Vegas, uh, sorry, send me to Israel uh, to, to be with her over the summers uh, on a kibbutz, a secular kibbutz, uh, as my family was secular. Okay. And so I, I, I lived on the, in, the, in the house, you know, the, the, um, the gun with the little kids and then the, later the, the um, uh, kita with the kids and, and mm-hmm. My sister was my shomeret, my my guardian, wow. and I'd stay the whole summer. And I learned Hebrew, and I learned I learned just just being here, just mm-hmm. being here. Um, and and I recall every time I would hear the sound of a dove as an adult, it would bring me back to my childhood on the kibbutz mm-hmm. in those you know summers. And I just longed for that. There was just something in me. Uh, even before I became religious, you know, that that felt like this was home. I always felt this was home. Mm-hmm. Even before I became religious, when I come to visit, um, you know, and then leaving, I'd be crying on the airplane, especially when we land in the U- landed in the U.S. out of nowhere. Like, mm. why am I crying? This is so weird. Anyway. Yeah, it's a piece of you. Uh, you yeah. it's, it's a piece of you. I... 
I, I get it. It's, yeah. it's upsetting to hear that. Yeah. Um, so what happened? You're an adult now. That was long in the past. Those are your summers. And a lot of people do these summers in Israel. Maybe not like yours. Yours is actually very unusual. Um, very special. But, you know, to, you know, Jessica, for all of you listening, is talking of like a day, that a time that really isn't, you don't have places like this anywhere else in the world, I don't think, where a kibbutz is like a little village. And she's explaining and describing how it's not just a little village, it's a, it's a little bubble. And she was living in a children's house. Now, in a kibbutz, parents and the old style kibbutz, parents and children, they don't really live in the same house. The parents go to work and the children live in a children's house and they're taken care of by someone else. And um, that was like the ethos of the kibbutz, you know, work, work, work. Everybody's equal. Everybody shares. And uh, that, that has gone away in a major way. Most kibbutzim today are private. So what Jessica experienced is very unique today. I don't, I don't know if we would find any American who made Aliyah, who was, you know, spent entire weeks and summers in a children's house like you. That's amazing. Right. Right. Really so I, I always felt like um like I that it was mine. I felt that Israel yeah. was mine. Yeah. <laughs> and when I would come to visit, um, even more so, even more so um as a religious Jew, um it was like I was coming for the first time, the first time I came, um, after I started to become Torah observant. Um <laughs> I was crying everywhere I went in Israel. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so meaningful. What do you mean the first um, time you came? The first time you came as a religious Jew? As a religious Jew. Uh, as a okay, religious so, Jew. So, but you were, I didn't realize that you had come over and over and over again here. So just now, actually, the fact that you have a sister here and you've been coming here since mm-hmm. you were a child. My sister's no longer, uh, no longer alive, actually, uh, sadly. Oh, sorry. That is yeah, sad. thank you. Um, she, she left Israel and, uh, she was traveling the world and, um, yeah, she, it was a tragic, um, accident on the Autobahn, wow. um, that took her life. And it's, it's over 40 years now that she's gone, but I, you know, I really feel like she for sure is a big part of my, uh, connection. To, sure. She to, brought you here. Yeah. She did. Yeah. She did. So tell us about your actual Aliyah. You know, how did it happen? How did it go? Was it smooth? Where did you land? Okay, so I have to tell you, every time we would come to visit Israel, um, we would check out communities. We would stay over Shabbat in a different community after, you know, we'd spend one time, um, one week, one Shabbat staying in a community and, and checking it out and looking at property and, you know, what would it be like to live here? Um, and we came almost every summer for a time. And, um, you know, we knew that we were going to be making Aliyah. The last house that we bought in Las Vegas um, 20 years ago now, we said, this is the last house we're buying here. The next one is in Israel. Mm-hmm. And, um so, so we knew we were coming <laughs> and yeah. I, I come home from one of these trips to Israel with a notebook filled with information. And then I would set it down and get caught up in the minutia of life mm, yeah. details and it would be forgotten. And the truth is, is I was scared. I didn't know how to make it happen. It was too big. It mm. was too big. 
you know, to actually make it happen. Um, you know, we had a family business at the time and I didn't know how to, how to make it work. So, um, it was COVID and, um, you know, we were stuck in the COVID bubble and, uh, at the beginning and, um, (laughs) we were, we were really, the whole world seemed to be going crazy outside of our little bubble in our house. Um, and it separated us from our community. Um, I have to tell you, that was another reason why it was hard to leave. We were really entrenched in our community. We were one of uh, five founding families of our uh, Young Israel Asia Torah community in Las Vegas. And it was very much part of our lives. Mm. Um, and, uh, and, and we didn't want to leave it. Um, also I have a sister, uh, uh, who lives in Las Vegas. I'm very close with, I didn't want to leave her. Um, but this COVID bubble kind of gave us that little bit of separation from the community and we see the world falling apart around us. And we realized, you know, my husband and I were not so young. Um, I just turned 61. We made Aliyah two years ago. Uh, we realize if we don't do this now, it's not going to happen. It's now or never. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's what it is. I think everybody listening, it's, it's a, it's a good, um, message. I, I think it can be applied to everyone really at any time. And you saw what was going on and you were like, what are we doing here? Let's get out of here. Absolutely. I think that's just great. Oh, thank you, Hashem, and thank you, Corona. <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's Corona, the whole thing was horrific, and there was a lot of good that came out of it. For a lot of people, I hear all kinds of stories. Um, but here we were. We were now, you know, gonna we were going to do this. But we had two teenagers who we had to convince. When they were little, they were excited about moving to Israel. And they would talk about, you know, what their room is going to look like and what, you know, what, uh, you know, they would envision what it would be like living in Israel and and their home. And they were excited about it. it. And then when they were tweens, I remember saying, okay, let's uh, start learning Hebrew for when we make Aliyah. It was probably after one of these (laughs) summer trips. Right. And we were on a road trip and they, they're sitting in the back seat and they look at each other and they both start crying. And they said, we don't want to leave. We don't want to move to Israel. And then I started crying because all my hopes and dreams went right out the window. Oh. So here we are years later. Our kids are teenagers. Our, our um, daughter was at, just finished the 11th, uh, 10th grade. And our oldest was a senior in high school. All right, we're and- gonna gotta stop you. We're taking a break. We're, okay. we're out of time. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We are still talking with Jessica Stockman about her Aliyah two years ago from Las Vegas to where, Jessica? You didn't tell us where you live. So we're living in beautiful Zichron Yaakov. I feel like we picked the most gorgeous spot in the world. Tell us how you found it. Oh, okay. That's a good story. So um, um, I found this woman. Kim Bash, she's a realtor in the old city, and she does Zooms for people considering Aliyah um, to connect them with people in communities and towns and cities all over the country, all over Israel. And um, uh, and we were visiting, basically, um, with people who live in different areas. Um what do you mean visiting? You mean real? Visiting on, no, visiting on Zoom. Uh, it was she, like a she, visit because it was good. on Zoom. We would ask good. people, you know, and we were able to talk to them on Zoom and ask them questions about what it was that interest, interested us. Like, you know, people would ask about the schools and the whatever it was that interested them. So uh, we liked the vibe in Pardes Khanna, which is not far from here. We almost... Uh, at, uh, bought a house there because there's always a realtor on the Zoom, a local realtor. And um, and so, we okay, did, you know, it's nice there. Let's, you know, whatever. So it, it turned out we didn't we didn't wind up doing that. But we realized we're so close to Zichron Yaakov. I visited here before. The vibe is really so nice here. Um, art and every kind of different Jew, religious, non-religious, and everybody gets along. And that was really important to me. My, my, our kids are, who are no longer teenagers um, now, actually one's going to be 19. She's still a teenager. They're not religious. And we wanted them to be able to come and go uh, as they please and not feel like they're, you know, um, you know, so you hear about like these neighborhoods where there are ultra Orthodox, you know, and, and secular and, and there's friction. It's not like that here at all. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we really, really appreciated that. And, um, and yeah, we're, we're here. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Those of you who don't know, Zichon Yaakov is um, a t- small town up North near Haifa, very green, on a mountaintop, I think, um, really close to the beach, maybe, you know, 10 minute drive or something. Right. It is uh, known for its beautiful views. I believe there are a few wineries there. Um, yeah. It is kind of ritzy, I think a little more uh, fancy than some other places, but maybe that's because it's artsy. It is. Um, it's I fancy, didn't, but not yeah. pretentious. Right, it's, right, yeah. right. Like a village, like an artist village. It really um, is. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know about there being an Anglo community. What what can you tell us about that? Yes, a huge Anglo community. Um, in fact, I heard one woman say that um, her, her Hebrew has gotten worse since she moved here because she's always speaking English. Oh. Um, it's, um, you know, it, you really kind of have to go out of your way to uh, to learn Hebrew, and which I'm doing. I'm doing. That's very funny. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Um, but I did want to share with you, you know, with making Aliyah with teenagers, um, our daughter, our son, uh, he was um, 18. Um, our daughter at the time was 16, and she did not want to make Aliyah. 
Um, you know, we're in our COVID bubble and we decided this is what we need to do and we need to do it now. Um, she, she refused. (laughs) And if she wasn't going, we weren't going. Right. Uh, so, so there's a program I want to tell you about, tell your listeners about, uh, it's called Alexander Muss. Um, it's, um, a, for, for high schoolers, they can come and do a semester of high school in Israel and beautiful campus Anglos, our oldest son, who's now 30, he did this when he was in the 10th grade. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a program called Na'ale, which is uh, a, a, I guess, a government-run program that's highly subsidized. Um, there was a, There's a school on the same campus that um, our daughter could apply for. Uh, so our oldest son, our kids are very close, thank God. He spoke to, to our daughter and told her, like, this is her opportunity. She doesn't have to come on our aliyah. She can go and have her own adventure, and she'll make friends from all over the world. And she was really excited about this. And thank God she, she came on board. She even had to repeat the 10th grade in order to get into the program because of her Hebrew level. Um, so thank God that was, that was it. We applied. Excellent. Excellent information. I, I just want to mm-hmm. reiterate here. Nale is a high school program for non-Israeli. So people who don't have Hebrew. So there are students from all over the world in these programs, Russian, American, Canadian, right? I, I think English, I think they speak English, but they're all over. Yeah. These programs are all over at the country. Your, right. your your son was very smart to pull your daughter into that. And all of you who, uh, you know, do have teenagers, you're right. You said it so well. This is their adventure. They make their own friends. I think they dorm. You know, they, they sleep there. Yes. They have their own friends. They make their own friends. And they're not alone. All the kids are in the same situation as them. Some of them come before their parents. So they really form their own little family. And it's very successful. Those kids really integrate well. They they make their own little, you know, tight friendships there. So have friends for life from that program. Um, excellent. I'm glad you brought that up. That is that probably helped you trem- tremendously. Tremendously. We knew, we knew, we knew that we wanted our kids to be here. We experienced um, young adults, young Israeli adults um, who, after the army, they uh, would come and work the Jewish summer camps in the U.S. and then travel around the U.S. and the world. And when they finished with summer camp, they would come to Las Vegas and we would be, they'd stay with us for Shabbat. So we got to experience, you know, it it blew our minds how mature, responsible, helpful, incredible these kids are. Um, what age? What, what age are we talking about? We're talking about 18 we're year olds? Talking about 19 to 22, 23 already is old. That's right. Um, they're like little, after yeah, they served the army. That's right. The they're army. like little adults. They, they are. Little adults. They yeah. are. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, genuine and warm. And unfortunately, in the States, our kids grow up with a sense of entitlement that that doesn't exist for kids in Israel. Everybody, they, 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 they take care of one another. Um, and I noticed that when my kids were little and we would come to visit, the whole country is centered around children. 
Mm-hmm. It's That's so right. beautiful. The parks, right. the right. education, the everything, everything. Right. It's all about kids. Israel That's loves right. kids. That's right. Um, Talk about the airport. I mean, we came here with two little kids, three and two. And just like you describe your conservative synagogue, how it's very strict and the, it's all for adults and the kids have to be quiet, almost like invisible. And if you, you know, you can tell me what you think of this, but I think in an American airport, it's very similar. It's very strict. The security is tight. And when you show your passports, the kids have to be quiet. But in Israel, <laughs> like, I remember I mean, the security. They, they said to my kids, like, I've been talking to them on their level. Smile at me, you cute kids. It's all yeah. about the kids here. It's all about the kids. You're so right. The parks, the education, everything. It's, it's, a, it's a kid-centered country. My husband and I were here on vacation with our number one uh, child. He was a baby. He was five months old. And mm. we, we were at a restaurant in, I don't know, Teldan, I think. And uh, it was just my husband and I and, and the baby and the waitress. She says, oh, let me hold him for you so you can enjoy your meal. I'm like, no, that's okay. She took him out of my arms. She's yep. like, oh, he's so cute. Here, I'm right. going to take him in the kitchen so everybody can see him. And my husband is like, where are you taking my right. baby? Right. And I explained to him, no, it's okay. It's okay. Right. Really Very... love, love children. It's all about, all about kids and you see uh, we were able to see like the product of this yeah. after the army how how beautiful and responsible and mature they are we wanted this for our kids we knew we wanted this for our kids yeah. thank god our our youngest agreed to go on this program she interviewed she passed she she came it was covid right and so there were all these different hoops to go through. She came ahead of us. She she came to Israel ahead of us. And we knew once we her. got her on that plane, my husband says that she was the tip of the spear. We, you know, we, the plane was out of L.A. We went back to Las Vegas and it's like, OK, now we, we start like downsizing. Right. She uh, was the leader. Yeah. She was yeah. the leader. Yeah. She was the leader. We get our all of our paperwork in order. That's right. Yeah. So that was you. Good for you. Excellent. You did a very smart thing. You, you, yeah, you uh, send her first. Yeah. And she had the experience that you described her. She, she lived on the dorm. She, her, her friends, you know, as a teenager, it's all about your friends. That's right. She, she had the time of her life. She described, and when she came, it was COVID. She, she described how, um, you know, she was isolated and for two weeks in a room, you know, and everybody's wearing masks and she's with people who she doesn't know. And, and, and then slowly, you know, and, and, and at that time there was, there were missiles coming and they had to go into the bomb shelter and there was all of this, you know, chaos, uh, a bit. chaos. <laughs> yeah. and she said, you know, it was at the end of her first year. She, she told her class this or her teachers that, it was the best school experience of her life. Like with all of that, yeah. um, really, they're, the kids are family. She's graduated now. Uh, thank God. But um, Wonderful. I'm sure they do reunions and they still get together. And every vacation and every spare moment, they, they get together, I'm sure. Right. 
It's right. great. They're very independent here. Your kids are like they my are. kids. Oh, and I wanted to say that too. One of the wonderful things about Israel is that the kids have so much freedom and so much responsibility uh, at the same time. Um, you know, she loved being here without her parents. You right. know? And she, and but, yeah, but you're saying so, you're missing something. They can be here without their parents because Israel yeah. is very safe. It is. It is, it is public transportation, you know, and I was in the beginning, I was like, I was scared. I knew that, that even with our, our neighbors who don't want us here, that, you know, Arab countries, countries who are trying to, you know, kick us out, right? I always felt safe here, safer in Israel than going to the grocery store in my hometown mm-hmm. alone, that's true. I, I always truth. felt safe here. It is safer. It's it's not a feeling. It's 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 a fact. And our children are the proof because it's true. They travel around alone. Um, right now, my thirteen-year-old boy, they're doing their trip, their shevet, their their group, and they're planning their trip up north for the summer. And they're doing it. You know, seventeen kids without parents going for three days, three nights on alone. <laughs> like they're going alone. And all my kids have done this. And there was a parent meeting last night and um, I've never had a parent meeting before. And I said to these parents, this is the first time I've ever had a meeting about this. The kids have always done this on their own. I don't understand why we're here. <laughs> and these parents are like, well, uh, I guess parents have changed. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's all the uh, Olim coming. You know, things are starting to, you know. No, I, these are not know. Olim. These are Israelis. Where I live, there are oh, no, okay. no Americans. These are people, okay. and this is their, for them, a lot of these kids are their first. So that's what it is. They're different kind of parents. They're 10 years younger than me. They're helicopter parents. Mm-hmm. Not Americans. Okay. Not at the American level. Okay, a lot of these kids, you know, really not at all like the American level, I'm sure. But still, Um not not like my other ones were. I, I didn't know where they were half the time. I didn't know my my mother would visit us and she'd say, where where are they going? Where are they? I'm like, I don't know. What do you why do you care? Where can they go? They're, they're <laughs> either at the library or at the playground. I mean, that's, right. That's, those are the choices. Right. right. <laughs> and same with you. A little town like yours. Where are they going to go? Right. 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 So, um, Yeah. And you made a good decision. You made a very nice, very wise decision. And the timing actually was good. Um, I know. Was good. I, I, yeah. I feel like our, our children, our, their lives would have been much different had we made Aliyah when they were little. You know, we had For that sure. experience. We stayed in one community where on Shabbat, they, they were they were like six or seven and eight. No, they were younger than that, maybe five and six years old. And they were able to go to the park themselves. Right, right. <laughs> That's like unheard of. Like right. the little ones are walking out the door, going to the park themselves right. and coming back on their own. It was, we loved it so much. We were like, okay, this is for us. This is what we want. But right. whatever, timing, it, was, it wasn't meant to be. Um, we did a lot of good things, thank God, while we were in uh, the extra time in Las Vegas. And um, and we came. Yes. It, the the um, the Aliyah process. Um, I want to share with with your listeners. It's um, can be very uh, challenging. It was for us during COVID, especially. Everything took a very long time, and um, you know everything. Government offices were closed, and you know it was at a, a very challenging time. Uh, so, um, 
But, but don't let that. I want to yeah, tell you, good. no, don't let it deter you. I want to tell you, uh, Nefesh Benefesh was so so helpful. There's a checklist they have there. They assign somebody to you. We had somebody who was, you know, we would check in with regularly, who would, you know, help us, you know, make sure that we were doing things properly. Um, it's uh, it, it's not insurmountable, it, it, even if it may feel like it at times. Um, and I've heard other people had no problem. Like it, it was a breeze. But for yeah. us, it, it was challenging. And, um, you know, according to the effort is the reward. Um, Sounds uh, like it. Sounds like. Yeah. You, you, yeah. I mean, look, living in Israel, there are people who say it's the hardest thing they've ever done. And there are other people who say, well, it's, it's, it's just a big adventure. I'm going to tell you the Aliyah, making Aliyah was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I had to pull myself out of my community, my house. We loved our house. We had such a beautiful home. We had the best community in the world. I'm telling you, the community was like, you you, you got to experience a little bit when you were visiting. It was so hard to pull ourselves out of there. And we had so much stuff to get through, to get rid yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, that was, I saw my life flashing before my eyes as I'm going through things because you can't take it all with you. And believe me, even though I got rid of a lot of things, we still brought a lot and um, and it was too much. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, it's a, it's a change, okay? Every, every move is a change. It was and- a change. Yes. Yeah. I mean, moving is hard. Okay. Downsizing is hard. You know, whether you do it 12 miles away or, or 1200 miles away. Right. Um, in this case, it's maybe easier that way because oh, it's a whole change. Go ahead. I, I want to tell you one of, I guess, probably what made it so difficult. So we're making Aliyah with, um, with one teenager because one teenager was already here on a student visa. One teenager, two dogs and a bird. So I think that 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 was part of the big uh, thing that made it so difficult. In oh, my end, God. Yes, yeah. of course, that was difficult. You had to get all that paperwork for the dogs and the bird. Yeah. And take care of the house and take care of the paperwork yeah. and everything. Yeah. everything think. Sure. And in the end, so listeners, please, if you have pets you want to bring, just follow the instructions very carefully and make sure that you're following the correct ex- instructions. In the end, we weren't able to bring our bird because... Uh, the website that I was directed to turned out was an um, old website, and I needed a permit for the type of bird that I had. Um, uh-huh. And I didn't know that until two days before getting on the plane. Wow. And it, it takes a month to get it. So, mm-hmm. that was so you had to bit. say goodbye to the bird. Yes, it was heartbreaking. Oh, I'm sure. Look, we love our pets. We love our pets. Uh, um, so, yeah, do your research and... Yeah, you know, yeah, it's every pretty, everything yeah. it was is 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 a job. Making mm-hmm. all is a job, but um, totally worth it. You know, like you sound like you're floating on air here. You really do. So I, it wasn't I'm, always. We're here almost two years now. In the beginning, when we when we arrived, and we were shell shocked. Um, I felt like I landed on planet Israel. <laughs> hmm. I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't ah. know, you know, everything just seemed so hard. And um, the resources were plentiful. Yes, there are WhatsApp groups. Uh, there are Facebook groups. Like, 
a plethora um, of them. A lot of support. You're saying saying Aliyah support, right? A lot, a lot of support. A lot of support. And then organizations, um, local organizations um, that help. And um, so here, you know, we're finally settled. Thank God. We're in our own home. I'm I'm finished my second round of Olpan. Um, you know, we've made friends and continue to make friends. It's so beautiful because there's so many people making Aliyah. And uh, whether they've made Aliyah 25 years ago or two weeks before you, everybody's helping everybody. Where to shop, where, nice. where, to, where to find that. And um, it's, it's really, really beautiful. So, so make sure you situate yourself, uh, you know, in a place that that's fitting and uh, plugged for Kim Bash. Uh, yeah, she's very good. She's very much out there. Bash at B-A-S-H. She, uh, yeah. is pretty successful. She's, she's really bring, you know, helping communities show communities to people, not just homes. That's um, so yeah, she, she, I don't think she's come on the show yet, but we should get her on here and she's really out there. She's great. What, you know, it worked for you, you know, her method worked for you and I'm sure it's worked for many others. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I, I we've got to wrap up. I want to thank you so much, Jessica. Your story is amazing. Very thank inspiring. One more thing I want to tell you. So I should have told you in the beginning. So I go by my Hebrew name since I moved here. Oh, what is <laughs> Which it? Is Yosefa, Yosefa Chava. Oh, beautiful. I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's part of the whole, like, okay, okay, if I'm going through this transition, let's do it all the way. And, and I really feel like I'm on an adventure. It's I love it. Best decision ever, ever, ever. And my kids are so happy. And they love coming home. And they love, they love Israel. They love oh, Zichon. Nice. Yeah, thank God. Thank Beautiful. God. Everyone yeah. from Zichon Yaakov, if you have any questions, please write to me at natalie at israelnewstalkradio.com and I'll shoot your questions right over to my new friend, Yosefa Chava, who will be our resident expert of Zichon Yaakov. What? With pleasure. Wonderful. We're going we're, we're gonna to do that because um, I don't think people know so much about that area. I really don't. Um, they do know about Paris Hana. You're not so far away. The north is just beautiful and green. And I want to thank you again. We've got to go off. Thank you all for listening. Shoot me your questions on my uh, website. Thank you.